Hello, and welcome to the Chainsaw of Fate podcast, the only podcast that still hasn't seen the Avengers. Actually, I've seen the Avengers. Uh, what the hell? Why, why, <laughs> why, why am I the only person? I've seen it twice. Don't don't tell me Hulk smash. I don't know why everyone's so good. Hold on. Well, we can get into that later. Yeah. Let's do the introduction part first. Okay, well, fine. I, I hate doing introductions, but uh, I guess for this one, we, we're going to be talking about crossovers this episode, because the Avengers is basically an incestuous Marvel crossover. And uh, so for this edition, we are crossing over with uh, one of our friends from uh, Cinegeek, uh, also uh, from MTech fame, Nico. Nico, thank you for joining us this week. No problem. Glad to be here. And uh, have Dylan with us as usual. Um, Hi. So we're we're gonna talk about crossovers, uh, ones that we've enjoyed, uh, ones that we want to see happen, ones that will never ever happen, but just amuse us in some way. Um, Nico, you uh, are are fairly strong within the realm of comic book knowledge, so you've seen a lot of crossovers. What have been some of your favorites? Oh God, damn! <laughs> <laughs> I won't remember the goddamn crossover. Well, it had Batman in it. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> Which is, by the way, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, the God underscore damn underscore Batman. Uh, but no, um, I-, I was a big fan of various different stuff from the 90s, mostly because the 90s were just ridiculous. And it was also the time when Marvel and DC and either of those companies and the more indie titles like Image at the time were doing crossovers. You would get particularly the big 90s crossover, Marvel versus DC, where they'd eventually made up with DC and Marvel merging their characters for own comics. Uh, for instance, Dark Claw was a mixture of Wolverine and Batman that mixed every single element of that those two characters together to make one character. And they called those line of comics the Amalgam Comics. And, and they also did Super Soldier, which was Captain America and, and Superman. Spider-Boy, which was Superboy and Spider-Man, and it, it was really ridiculous, but only the kind that the 90s attention-grabbing, we gotta sell comics because these things are gonna be worth money now that we realize they're worth money, could ever make. Yeah, that, I vaguely remember uh, Amalgam, and I remember um, some of the endless debates about... Uh, you know who could beat who in a fight, and uh, and things like that. And yeah, a lot of those fights, I think, were, if I recall correctly, were fan submitted or mm-hmm. like fan voted. So some of them were pretty ridiculous in terms of who actually won. But for the most part, uh, even if I don't agree with the outcomes, it was just some sort of irreverent fun to see that it actually happened, and that that kind of connection between these two companies. I think now are probably too bound by corporate red tape to ever do that again, to see that that actually happened. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange and um, something that's really it, it's easy to forget that Marvel wasn't nearly as big um, then as it is now. Oh yeah, the '90s were uh, a rough point for Marvel. It almost went bankrupt in the late '90s. And they really didn't have any uh, sort of real footstep in mainstream media other than their Fox cartoons. And they actually had, they had Spider-Man and X-Men did pretty well, but their other ones, Fantastic Four and Iron Man, and even their short-lived Avengers cartoon series didn't do well at all. Those were all bad. 
Uh, I I remember seeing like Iron Man and Fantastic Four, and I like the Fantastic Four cartoon was my first exposure to the Fantastic Four, and I've never liked the Fantastic Four because of that cartoon. <laughs> like, I, you you tell me that the Fantastic Four is in something, and I'm like, I'm out. I, I can't blame you. I love the Fantastic Four now. They have a really good writer with Jonathan Hickman. But no, those cartoons back then were really bad. And even the, the good ones, X-Men and Spider-Man at the time, Spider-Man had so much awful stock footage usage and CGI that seemed so out of place. Yep. And a weird thing you may not realize until you go back and look at it again, Spider-Man never threw a single punch in the entire series. He always <laughs> slammed into people or threw them or anything. There was no actual like hitting. Somebody inside of <laughs> I never realized that. That's terrible. Yeah, they had no real guns. Everything was a laser. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever saw a real gun as a child. Everything was a laser. Batman. Batman the animated series. Well, there was that. Um, just wow about that. And and X-Men, uh, I went back and watched some of the uh, the episodes of the old X-Men cartoon. does not hold up especially well. No. <laughs> it does not. I was surprised. The uh, the newest one, Wolverine and the X-Men, is a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, some of that may be in spite of Wolverine, which was the thing that originally turned me off of it. But it's not too bad of a cartoon. I, it's not that I mind Wolverine so much, but he's he's just been so overplayed that it exactly you know, and him leading any kind of team. I know he's leading like one faction of the X Men now. I haven't read the comics in forever, but I do mm-hmm. know that like him and Cyclops, you know, splintered off into their own factions. Um, but that just seems ridiculous. Like Wolverine should not be leading anything. And <laughs> he got- only. Unless it's a group to the bar, he should not be leading any team anywhere. Because he's a fan favorite. Not only is he leading a team of X-Men, he's the headmaster of their school. (laughs) (sighs) I haven't seen a worse headmaster of anything since Headmaster Optimus Prime. Bazing. (laughs) I hate the headmaster (laughs) so much. That... That's just, why? Why the fuck would you put Wolverine in charge of anything? You know, it's, it's pretty much it. He's going to send you into detention and then kill you. It works for some people. Education. You know, it's got to be a learning experience. Trial by fire. Right. Actual fire. Oh, man. Okay, that, that makes my brain hurt, Marvel. Um, okay. Well... Marvel is is kind of the king of the crossovers. I mean, have any of you guys actually read the first Avengers comic? Yes. No. Okay. Then then Nico knows. Um, that shit was actually, bad. That shit was real bad. Uh, Marvel's comics and their first issue of the Avengers is available for free. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if if we cut all that because you're kind of cutting out, but uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, that's okay. Uh, I can repeat. Yes, the, uh, on the digital store for Marvel's uh, comics, uh, comicstore.marvel.com, they have a list of free comics that you can just download and read. 
and the first issue of the Avengers is one of them. Yes, and it's it's just truly awful. Um, what you don't like the Hulk being a clown? <laughs> no, I don't. Circus. I also don't like uh, Iron Man being yellow, and uh, that changed in a few issues. I think yeah. that was around the time uh, right before he got his classic uh, red and bl- red and yellow outfit. Yeah, he 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 built that in a cave out of a box of gold, apparently. Um, and it's interesting because when I heard about the movie and the plot of the movie was going to be, you know, and Loki was going to be the bad guy, like he was in the in the first issue. I'm like, this is going to, you know, of course, all the the later Marvel movies have sort of taken liberties with. Um, continuity and things like that but um it's like you know this this is gonna be either resembling nothing uh like the original comic which i'm sure it doesn't or just really bad because uh first comic had what was it like uh ant-man and it was uh, a ant-man wasp thor iron man and hulk yeah that you know, that, that Ant-Man and Wasp movie never really made it to theaters. Edgar Wright is still working on an Ant-Man movie, which I, I'm actually looking forward to the day that actually gets off the ground, because I like Edgar Wright. He's the director of things like Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and Scott Pilgrim. Okay. okay. That So would it be a comedy, then? I mean, <laughs> I it guess would it be. Would... It wouldn't have, you know, it couldn't be like Spider-Man or Iron Man, you know, where you've got the larger-than-life superhero. It would have to be kind of, um... You'd have to know that, you know what, I'm fucking Ant-Man. Yeah, you kind of have to fight in um, ways that don't work well for your traditional uh, summer action movie. I would I would probably not release Ant-Man in the summer. I'd probably keep that one in winter, probably early early of the year, somewhere around January or February. It's the motion picture event of late winter. Yeah. I mean that's when Ghost Rider came out in February and it did pretty well. Yeah, but people flocked to Nicolas Cage movies for some reason. Ghost Rider was hilarious. Well, <laughs> Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. The first one, not so much. I know that, like, Nicolas Cage is something of an, a thing with... Didn't you guys do a uh, podcast with Awesome Cast about... Yes, I, I guest hosted on a, a Awesome Cast episode that we talked about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and my enjoyment and love of the movie. The night before I went to go see Avengers this week, the $2 theater in our area that shows second-run movies is still showing Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So I inflicted that on a group of my friends. How did they respond to that? They were they actually enjoyed it uh, almost as much as I did. They had a lot of the same uh, hilarity out of the bad lines and just the wacky Nick Cage that was in the movie. <laughs> Um, just kind of getting back to uh to Marvel. You know, it's interesting some of the things that they've crossed over with. Um, 
because the the late '90s gave way to uh, the video game crossovers like uh, X Men versus Street Fighter, and then later on expanded to Marvel versus Capcom and uh, things like that. And that was always bizarre to me. I remember when X Men versus Street Fighter first came out, and Capcom had done uh, an X Men fighting game previous to that, um, X Men Children of the Atom. So it wasn't totally floored by it. You know, it, you already had hey, you know, here's an X-Men fighting game, here's a Street Fighter fighting game, let's put the two together. But it was still just really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. You know, the opening has, you know, Cyclops and uh, Ryu shaking hands. It's just like, what the what the fuck is happening with this? Um, there was actually uh, some of my, going on to the crossovers you didn't expect, in the 90s we also had crossovers with the X-Men and Star Trek. But the weird part is there were crossovers with TOS, original series Star Trek, and crossovers with next-gen Star Trek, which was really weird to see the same characters crossing over with the two completely different casts. Yeah. Those were books, weren't they? Uh, no. That, well, I think they were comic books. I don't know if they were actually done into books. I, I think I remember seeing a book that was X-Men and Next Generation. They very well may have done that. Um, but anyway, did you read any of the comics? Uh, tell me a little bit about what those were like. The most I remember is from the TOS X-Men crossover, just so they can make the joke about Dr. McCoy being both Bones and Beast. So a nurse came in and said, Dr. McCoy, and they both did their, you know, turn their heads and said yes. It's pretty much the most I remember. Uh, uh, I haven't read those in years, and I don't have copies of those. Oh, Jesus. It's just one of those things that doesn't seem like it should be able to exist. But Never underestimate the marketing machine of the 90s. <laughs> uh, the 90s, publishing your fan fiction. Well, what's funny is, as, as I was kind of making notes for this show, I realized that as a kid, you know... There were a lot of these things that came together that just, it seemed natural that all these things fit in the same universe, but also somehow I understood that there were some forces in the world that wouldn't let that happen, except under uh, very special circumstances. And um, then I grew up and understand, you know, learned about uh, intellectual property, so... Um, talking talking about ones that nobody expected. Um, I love bringing this up at every single opportunity. Um, there was a cartoon that came out in like the early nineties. Um, I know what it, this is. Yes, yeah, there, there there was a "Just Say No to Drugs" cartoon that had like uh, the Ninja Turtles, the Ghostbusters, the Smurfs. Yeah. Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Yes, that was it. And that was. <sighs> That was amazing. Like, again, as a child, that's just mind-blowing. This should happen every day, but for some reason it doesn't. Um, I think I recorded that on, you know, like on a VCR tape, and I I remember watching that several times just because it was so crazy. Uh, Yeah. Probably terrible. Well, it was kind of funny because um, at one of... uh, my local um, rental stores actually had the video, and you could rent it for free anytime you wanted. 
I love how that's for free. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's, it's anti-drug, so. I don't know, they probably got it for free. I like how in the 90s, that was what we thought would keep kids off drugs. You know, if you... It was a simpler time. If you go back and watch it, it's like the kid is already tripping. Well, probably, considering all of those cartoon characters are crossing over. Yeah, especially the Smurfs. I mean... I think you have to be tripping to want to be in a crossover with the Smurfs. Yeah. Oh. Um. And... Did anyone else notice growing up as a kid, uh, you know, watching Transformers and G.I. Joe that they use the exact same music? And of course, they're done by the same studio, but I, yeah. it's strange that they didn't really cross over much um, when it seemed like such a natural fit. Well, that was uh, the, when the Transformers and G.I. Joe were on the air, we had very strict regulations on terms of toy advertising. And that's why they aired in their time blocks back to back. And during one show would have the commercials for the toys of the other because you couldn't air at that point commercials for the toys of the show that's currently on because kids would be way too compulsive in buying those toys for some reason. So perhaps that's one of the reasons they didn't do a crossover was because then G.I. Joe would be on an episode of Transformers but we're doing tra- uh, G.I. Joe toys in the commercials, so that doesn't work. They have it, had crossovers in comics. Yes. That's not, say, what every- that's not what everybody wants to see. No, everybody wants to see, uh, like, Cobra Commander, you know, climbing into Starscream instead of it just being a toy. Yeah, everyone wanted to see uh, hear Chris Lotta voice both characters at the same time, and we missed our window. Yes. The problem is, like, once you do that, it's going to destroy the suspension of disbelief. You're like, wait a minute, those two guys sound the same. <laughs> I knew it was the same guy, like, as a kid. But then again, you know, like, um, I was always worried like that. Like, I, I knew that Rocksteady and Leonardo were the same guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't pay attention to stuff like that, but uh, it kind of freaked me out when I learned that Inspector Gadget was Don Adams. And, like, he was in other things. That one I, I kind of caught, because I used to watch, uh, like, Don Adams on Nick at Night a lot when I was little. Now, that would be a good crossover, though, uh, Inspector Gadget and Transformers, because <laughs> then you have Soundwave and Dr. Claw. Oh. Um, wow. There were some episodes where they messed up and didn't do the uh, the sound effects to uh, Soundwave, so it just sounded like Dr. Claw anyway. <laughs> I I vaguely remember that. The 80s um, and early 90s were always really bad about um, certain things just being off. You know, like, uh, there'd there'd be a miscolored uh, screen or, you know, somebody's voice came across weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I always, like, you always noticed them. It was just, you know, crazy. And I don't know, I, I haven't seen as much of that... In later cartoons, and more recent cartoons, like more recent cartoons do seem to be a bit more polished in terms of not having the the miscoloring <laughs> or weird sound effects. But I was talking to some friends about this a few days ago. They also are look overall less detailed because everything's done on computer. Yes, so particularly background that is true. And everything. 
just they just aren't as vivid. No, and, and that's unfortunate. Uh, and it, that's not just uh, to American cartoons either. That also applies to uh, anime as well. Because um, there's there's sort of a, a strange contrast um, from like the the aughts on you know from like the the mid and late nineties stuff. Yeah, when we got away from cell animation. Yeah. Like if if you want to just. I don't know, man. The 90s anime was weird as fuck. <laughs> it was so good, though. Really? You could just say that in general about the weirdest fuck about any particular decade. and probably be accurate for a good 75% of I, what you're talking about. I'm going I'm to take us off topic for a second. Uh, one, of, one of our friends um, got rid of his anime collection, his, his physical uh, anime collection. He's moving everything over to digital. It's like, I don't want the discs. You guys have them. So, naturally, me being me, I took a shitload of his stuff. <laughs> um, every, just basically anything I didn't own, I took, it, I took it with me. Or stuff that I didn't think I owned or possibly owned but couldn't remember. It's free. Who cares? Yeah, it came with me. Um, so, I, uh, one of the things I, uh, I took was Escaflone. And uh, I actually have that. I, I have all of Escaflone the series. I don't have the movie though. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what was was the series. And uh, I started watching that again. It's been forever since I've seen it. And uh, man, that first episode—it's—it's it's crazy as fuck. Because you know, here randomly, uh, here comes a guy that appears from nowhere uh, onto the. Uh, track while everyone's racing and this girl spouts prophecy and nobody seems to wonder what the fuck is going on. Well, okay, yeah, it you're... starts off as a almost innocent high school shoujo series and you have Van fighting a dragon and ripping out its heart. You have less than one episode to get from, you know, modern day, normal life to uh, knights fighting with robots. Go. You know, <laughs> and uh, just so everyone knows, uh, we've added Chad onto the call, but we've also added uh, one of our listeners, Patrick. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, and I also shamelessly pander to anyone that says, "Hey, do you want to be on the? Uh, hey, gotta be on the show." So add all the guests, add all the listeners, add all the guests. Do I count as celebrity guest? Uh, you have published a book, so sure, why not? Yeah, why not? I had to reinstall Skype, so I'm a little late. Um, That's okay. I've been listening in, so I'm trying to think if there's anything you guys have covered that uh, that I didn't already have in mind. And yeah, well. Anyway, back. I, I just, back. Go ahead, Patrick. I was going to say I was going to bring up. You were talking about all the weird crossovers in the '90s. Yeah. The Marvel Punisher meets Archie. Yes. <laughs> What? That was a real thing, huh? Dark yeah, there was a, a criminal in the like in New York that looks like Archie that runs away from the Punisher, and he gets to uh, the town that Archie takes place in, oh, and my. kind of switches places with Archie. So the Punisher starts aiming after Archie. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's that's pretty weird. The first thing that I think of when I hear you know '90s crossovers is. Dark Horse did basically crossovers with everything. 
and they did like you know Predator versus Batman and Terminator versus RoboCop versus you know whatever else versus Bill and Ted versus Alien. It's they had the they had the original crossover with um, Alien versus Predator, and they actually turned that into a fairly long running series. They still and do then, Superman. They did Superman versus Batman versus Alien versus Predator. They did, like, yeah. Yeah. They the last one they did. Worse, it could be Amalgam. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Somebody had to mention that one. Oh, Lord. I mean, that was a neat concept, but it didn't do it too well. Well, uh, it wasn't really no, supposed to last. No, it was a horrible concept to begin with. Um, um, also, I, I googled uh, Archie meets the Punisher and uh, having to f- also find uh, Archie meets Kiss. Oh, that oh, yeah. just recently. <laughs> what the fuck, Archie? Oh. Well, that's... I don't know. How many storylines can you do about a bunch of high school kids who've been in high school since... I'm sure it's probably changed. I'm, I'm probably... Uh, no, I mean, they're still there. It's pretty much the same, except yeah. that now, apparently, they are doing, like, some weird future storyline where they're basically playing two different alternate paths. Yeah, they had a... They, they had an event... Forward, but it's two different timelines that they're doing. One where someone... Archie marries Veronica and one where Archie marries Betty. So this is like uh, we're gonna roll the dice to decide who gets pizza thing. It's more like uh, Crisis on Infinite Archies. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that seems too complicated for a uh, comic like Archie. <laughs> Man, nobody's giving a fuck about Archie in like sixty years. So, <laughs> so basically, the writers can do whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> people don't even know they make it anymore. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, hey, wait a minute, they still make Archie comics? What the fuck? <laughs> That's most people. Except for the people who are all up in arms because they added a gay character. Those and are the only people who noticed it. Yeah, that too. Yeah, when that hit the news, everybody else was going, wait, Archie is still a comic? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, the, that's the people who didn't go, wait, what's Archie? I'm true. sure there's more and more a set of people who have no idea what the hell Archie is. I don't know. I think it's one of those eternal things that it, it's become part of our culture, so to speak. I don't know. Well, I don't know because I mean we're all you know well removed from school and everything. I don't know what the what if Archie has any sort of connection to people currently growing up in terms of them ever seeing anything Archie-related. Maybe one of those, like, you know, you've seen those characters before, but you wouldn't know their names, and you wouldn't have any inkling of, like, maybe the deal was. So, if if we thought about it, we could probably think of some things from the previous generation that are like that, but, I don't know, nothing comes to mind. Oh, well, back to the crossovers. I, one thing I mentioned in chat, and I didn't 
here because I had to turn off the speaker while I was trying to get this thing started, was there's an upcoming, apparently there's an upcoming Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who crossover. Yes. The uh, Borg and the Cybermen join forces, which the Borg were basically a Cyberman ripoff anyway. They were originally going to be cool insect things, and then that wasn't in the budget, so they said, hey, nobody's heard of this British show on the Cybermen, so let's just make them that. Here's my question. Um, how is this going to work? Like, Is it just going to be the Borg, or are there going to be you know, like actual characters you know, from Next Generation? And- it's, it's Picard. It's the Next Generation. It's Picard and Apparently, at, at least Picard and the Doctor. Huh. Well, I'm sure the ship has to be there. It can't just be the Picard. promotional. Oh yeah, the promotional image has the Enterprise D and the TARDIS occu- well in close proximity to each other. That seems like there's an issue with scale there. <laughs> I would think so too. Well, I, I would assume well, the, well, well, the is TARDIS closer. inside is probably larger than the Enterprise D. On the outside, yeah. it's Tiny little box. Yeah. It's British. It doesn't have to make sense. Is this going to be one of those things that uh, Doctor Who fans will, like, conveniently deny or forget later on? Just cause... Oh, you mean like the American movie? There was an American movie? TV, yeah. an American yeah. movie. Yeah. Eric Roberts. Wow. Eric and Roberts was the master. Not as horrible as the fans think, but... It's where the eighth Doctor comes from. Yeah. Every fandom has that thing, you know, that we don't like to talk about. Like the Star Wars Holiday Special. Or... I love I like to talk to about the Star that. Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> no, for Star Wars, the, fed, the stuff that the fans don't like to talk about are the prequels. <laughs> That's I true. Like and Voyager. Star Trek fans of Voyager. Mm. I, I actually liked it, but I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore... No, well... A Star Trek fan, I guess, even. I I only watched The Next Generation. Well, of course I've seen the original Star Trek, but as far as, you know, like, followed, watched, um, enjoyed, Next Generation was it for me. You know, I, I watched it as it was originally airing, you know, back in the 90s, but... Deep Space Nine was the first one I uh, made a point to follow, so... Deep Space Nine was the first one I said... No, I'm, I'm not going to continue watching Star Trek. Actually, Space DS9 Nine is probably my favorite Star Trek. DS9 movie. is not only my it's favorite, my... but while we're on the topic, it had some good crossover episodes. It did. It brought in, it was significant for the next generation. They did have a few of the original series characters. You know, they brought back Scotty. They had Sarek a couple of times, but DS9 was the first time they really jumped hardcore into bringing back the past characters. I mean, they had... They had... Um, the first episode, even. Crossed over with Picard. Then we had... Uh, well, the that's first, standard for Star Trek. The, the first season also had uh, Q in it. Well, that was... Stan- uh, the, the pilot episode, as far as bringing in... That was the standard for Star Trek. I mean, Next Generation had a really old McCoy yeah. in the pilot, and... They had, yeah, like Bones, like a, you know, 120 or something, and he's in the pilot episode just to show that, you know, continuity. And then they had a couple of DS9 characters on the Voyager premiere. But DS9, they had, like, for example, 
one of the Klingon characters, Kor, actually showed up more in DS9 than he did in the original series. He was like in one episode of the original series. And for that matter, well, no, Kang was on one more episode of Voyager 2. But they had some really good, that was one that they really did a good job of importing the characters and um, crossing over the eras and concepts. I think it did a really good job also crossing over themes that were started in Next Gen, like the uh, Bajorans and the Cardassians in particular, well, those... were just a very much a subset of uh, something in the background of a political rumblings that were happening on this world, and then it's a major, it's like the basis of all of DS9. Actually, the reason they put them in Next Generation, the reason that they started the Bajoran and the Maquis arc and the Cardassians... The, well, the Cardassians they kind of introduced as the new heavies because the Ferengi sucked, but yeah, they they introduced yeah. the whole Bajoran arc and the Maquis and that kind of thing because they had those in development for DS9 and Voyager. They deliberately introduced them early. They started laying pipe in Next Generation for that. Yeah, they were going to have the uh, the Bajoran officer that was on uh, on the Enterprise. Larry. In DS9, but I forget why that fell through for some reason. Um, because, like of, because of the writer. Because every time, whenever you introduce a character who's not created by like the core writing staff, um, and you use them again, you have to pay mm-hmm. that writer royalties. And putting them as a regular in the in the next series, you'd be like paying them every time. They were going. It's the same reason that they were going to have um, Robert Duncan McNeil. If I remember right, played Paris on Voyager. He was a character in um, Next Generation who was very similar, who was a cadet then. He was that whole cadet scandal with Crusher and th- with Wesley Crusher and things. And they were going to use him because it was the same actor. And then they realized, oh shit, if we do this every single episode, we're going to have to pay this, you know, pay the writer of that episode money for using this character. And so they just kind of changed the character's name and made him a little bit nicer guy, and that was it. Okay, so that uh, brings an interesting question, because I know nothing about um, the writing team behind uh, The Next Generation or DS9, but O'Brien was on DS9, and he started out on Next Generation. He started out on Next Generation, but he was part of the pilot. He was created by that series as part of the series. He was not created by an outside writer. Okay. Oh. It's important to note a lot of the scripts. Uh, it's a little less so now with with shows where things are more and more kind of controlled by the showrunners and the the actual. They have a fairly stable writing set because shows have gotten more tightly plotted. But back then, it was fairly common for freelance writers to submit scripts on spec and for them to have essentially open submissions. And because it's an episodic series, you know. It doesn't matter so much that you're getting your ideas from from different people, so it matters who the who the writer and creator of that character was. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. It, it gets complicated, and it's it's one of those things that you know you don't really realize, but there's a lot of people involved in even not only producing a show but in writing it. So let's um, kind of switch gears a little bit. Yeah, we got. We got off topic. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, it was still kind of on topic, talking about the crossover characters. We didn't even go to warp at all, and that's the biggest obvious crossover change in the middle of DS9. True. True. True, and Worf, for the record, has more appearances than any other Trek character. Because he was in, like, all the, uh, nearly all the episodes of Next Generation, and then half of DS9, and what was and, it, movies with Next Generation? And movie, uh, his uh, quote-unquote grandfather was in movie six. Yeah, uh, and his grandfather was in movie Undiscovered six. Country. Yeah. And was his ancestor in um, Enterprise 2, I think? No. But there was an ancestor of Duras, okay. who actually, I think, was named, actually, I can't rem- remember if it was Toral or Duras. I think it was, du- I think his name was also Duras. Um, but Enterprise I think, you know, I think it was had his grandfather. The exactly. The, the ancestor of Nuni and Soon, who was still pro- yeah, played by Brent Spiner. Great, yeah, played by Brent Spiner. Had his great, had, you know, Data's great, 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 however many greats grandfather, so. That counts as a crossover, sort of. Okay. And then, of course, Enterprise's finale was another a, one of those. A god awful. <laughs> the holodeck episode. scene. It was it the was worst my, episode ever. I, worst ending ever. Well, the the only thing I had killing off Tucker was the only problem I had with it. I kind of liked it as a crossover episode, as the last episode of the series. Not so much, but. The previous couple of episodes did a good job wrapping it up, so I, I'm okay I, with it. I didn't that seems it. like a good that seems like a good middle of the season like tribute episode. I wouldn't have made that the last episode. I didn't. Well, they considered it kind of, um, the last the ones before that had kind of wrapped up their no, I agree. arcs nicely, and they should have put it earlier in their season. They could have put it well, considering that the Enterprise segments were set in the future for them. They could have put it any time. They just didn't. Just uh, so we're clear, I never did watch Enterprise at all. So in the last episode, did um, Al finally uh, show up with Ziggy and tell Sam what they had to do? <laughs> uh, they did have Dean Stockwell on one episode, by the way. And his character is the villain of the week, and he gets to beat up Archer. So that's... I guess that's Al's revenge. Uh, so let's let's shift gears and uh, talk about some crossovers we'd like to see happen, no matter how implausible. Um, just just take uh, you know whatever logic you want to and throw it out the window. Um, I I think I would have enjoyed uh, more quantum leap crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> It seems perfect for it. It's like, yeah, hey, remember, hey, remember that time that Sam Beckett got stuck in that Starfleet captain for four years? (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Um, so, so he wants to start off with, with just some crossovers they'd like to see. Don't everybody jump at once. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of the worst possible combination. Well, I got one, but it's too obscure, so somebody else go first. I don't know. I don't think I have any, about, really. I got one. But it's, I mean, it's Rony Kenshin meets Gintama, since they're basically the same premise. Uh, I was about to say, that's not, that's not obscure. Uh, and, oh, Kenshin you know, is. I mean, Gintama's not as well known. I mean, sorry, Doctor. But, yeah. Gintama's more obscure I, than That's Kenshin. not my timeline. Everybody fucking talks about that show like it. 
rain down from heaven, but... I'm not a fan of Gitama. I've, I've only seen the first 13 or so episodes, but it just didn't catch me. I'm, I'm a big Kenshin fan, so... Yeah, the... It's hard not to love Kenshin, but... Uh... Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, it, unless you watch the third season, then it's not so hard. Yeah, well... That's, 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 uh... Easily forgotten, thankfully. Yeah, made up for my trust and betrayal. That's, that's, uh, Kenshin fandom's version of, uh, you know, Highlander 2. It just didn't happen. What? There was, there was Highlander 2? Yes. There was more Highlander after the first one? Yeah, next thing you're going to tell me is there's there's a Highlander edition of D&D. So you're gonna tell me there's somebody that's a Highlander other than Connor McLeod. Hey man, uh you know, we were born to be kings. We are the princes of the universe. <laughs> that I, I'll be honest, that oh, was my no, first experience it. with Highlander. I, I found my crossover. There's a crossover. Uh somebody on the internet posted up a few images, uh, uh panel comic panels of Wolverine meeting Freddie Mercury. <laughs> okay. I, that makes even less sense than most other crossovers with Wolverine. I'll send you guys the uh, images, I guess, after the show then. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about it so I know what to Basically, expect. Uh, well, the, the, one, the first one I found, Wolverine is fighting all the, these uh, human-sized sentinels that are adapted to have X-Men-based powers. And then Freddie Mercury comes out of the sky... And starts smashing them with his microphone, and Wolverine just goes, "Freddie Mercury." So, is this fan art, or is this? Uh, it's, it's really good fan art. Okay, uh, the Sentinels aren't uh, designed after the robot from <laughs> the News of the World album, are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was the best use of that album on Family Guy recently. Oh, that was so great. Uh, um, anybody else got some good crossovers? Alright, how about, and these are properties that have all crossed over at one point or another, but what we need is one big one. Aliens versus Predator versus Robocop versus Terminator. I like it. They, I know they've at least done three of those at a time. So it would be, you know, 80s movies mashed up. I'm still trying to think of something along the lines of Archie meets the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see trying, an actual film version. I'm trying version. to think of some horrible crossovers that I can't. I would like to see an actual film version of uh, Jason versus Freddy versus Ash. Yeah, uh, they did that. Ash catch him. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. no. Well, they did include him in there, too. They did versus Evil Dead as a comic. And, yeah. Uh, they and had actually too many series of it. Because yeah, and because, well, it was basically because they wanted to see it happen, and apparently the movie deal kept falling through, so. Um, so, I want to see um, a cross-up with, uh, a crossover with Law and Order, um, where the investigation leads to a professional athlete, I don't know, maybe Kobe Bryant. And uh, he could be defended by Matlock and Phoenix Wright. Wow. He took my first one. I was going to say, Lupin the Third versus Phoenix Wright. 
I, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Phoenix Wright is Lupin the Third's uh, defense attorney. Okay. Retainer. I'm pretty sure. So how does this work though? Because Jack McCoy can't lose. Jack McC- Matlock can't lose. Phoenix. No, no, Wright no. Can't Jack lose. McCoy can lose. He lost quite a bit. He won well, more than he lost, but there were uh, episodes where he did lose. I just I can't see. There has to be a satisfactory ending. It has to be like some sort of draw. No. I, I think what it is is that Jack McCoy wins, but uh, Lupin gets sprung. No, because then the problem is you can't have Phoenix Wright lose, because otherwise the game's over. He lost in the second game. Yeah, that's true. He did lose, but that's because the guy decided to be safer and to be in prison. Uh uh, Doc said Ed Byrne noticed that. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Those are the guys. A Burr notice, Law and Order crossover. I am for this. You know, there is an episode where Jeffrey Donovan is the bad guy on Law and Order. Wow. Yeah, I I get tickled every time the episode's on because, you know, it's, it's Michael Weston versus Jack McCoy. I'm not even sure how a burn notice Law and Order crossover because Law and Order is all about procedure and and things going by the book and and the law wins and burn notice is all about uh, spies whatever works and not even like spies by normal rules of espionage like the spies that are outside of that it is chaos versus law versus order versus order versus Archie. Lawful, orderly neutral uh, good versus chaotic I, I think any crossover can only get worse when Archer's involved. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, I want to raise Jerry Orbach from the dead to do a on order meets Archie. Uh, for that <laughs> uh, For that I would learn necromancy. For Archie. Assuming <laughs> really uh, for the future. Well, just to have an undead, you know, <laughs> we'd have to raise Jerry Orbach too. So, we should just raise uh, raise Jerry Orbach just to have Jerry Orbach, so we can get back to doing real Law and Order again. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Undead Jerry Orbach. And eat the criminal's brains. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'd make him a lich, not a zombie. He, he, he can still deliver the, the zinger. We call him break. man. So, so wrong. Yeah. Oh, boy. I... I think I have. I, I think this would count as a uh, crossover. I want to see Queen's Blade meets Archie. <laughs> that is that is horrible. That that there's that probably be a not the answer he was thinking about, but it is <laughs> now. I, I think from now on our answers are just going to be X meets Archie. That's what I'm working on. There, there, X there, Files meets Archie. X Files meets Archie. Jughead versus the Chupacabra. Yeah, there was another crossover, though. Uh, the episode of X-Files. They crossed over with cops. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> there was an episode of X-Files. It was filmed like an episode of Cops. Since Fox owned the rights to both, it opened with the cops theme, the bad boys theme, and everything. <laughs> and it was from the, the handheld camera point of view. 
but it was an episode of X-Files. It was Mulder and Scully. That's... If we're going to count that as a crossover, then I'm going to throw in the uh, the episode of Community where they did Law & Order. <laughs> I'm fine with that one. About the Ken's Burn- Ken Burns <laughs> community. Yes, the, the Civil War. Aren't you in the cape? <laughs> Burn, no, this meets Archie. Um, no, the uh, the crossover I want to see, or the, the, the potential crossover that I think could, uh, could produce more than it has is that there seems to be, like, this convergence on Twitter of, like, all these different people, like Adam Savage, Alton Brown, uh, the bloggers, Will Wheaton, John Hart. All right, that, hey, that's what we need. And you just keep we seeing need, these connections. Like, how do they know? An internet that's, culture crossover? You, you've, just, you've just hit me on, you've like, just given me the most brilliant idea for a reality science TV series ever. Okay. Myth- we we get Alton Brown out of retirement. He's not retired. He's just not. Well, you know, back in TV, whatever. Back in TV. And we do Mythbusters meets Good Eats. Meets Archie. See, something like that. Something more than that. Archie. <laughs> Mythbusters meets Good Eats meets Man vs. Food. Hosted by John Hodgman. Soundtrack by Jonathan Colton. Done. I don't think we need nerd music. I'm just saying, like... But do you really need any of this to happen? No, but it's going to. It's going to, and it's going to be awesome. Inevitably, yes. Um, So until the internet gets bored with it, as it does with everything. Okay. Now I'm being being serious about this one. Fist of the North Star meets Archie. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying the actual fist meets the actual face of Archie. Because that's what I heard. I think more likely Jughead than Archie. Just because lots of people would like to see him explode in a shower of gore. I, 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 want, I want it to be a shot-for-shot remake of the first episode of Fist of the North Star. Just set in Archie. You know, just, instead of a dystopian wasteland, you have wherever the fuck City Archie's from. Oh. And instead of, you know, like, the gang of bandits, you've got Archie and his pals. Are you saying Fist of the North Star with Archie as the cast? Yes. Okay. Uh, and the setting. <laughs> they're, they're, it's, it's not like Mad Max. It's just Archie. <laughs> why didn't, why didn't uh, Fist of the North Star meets Mad Max ever happen? I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the same story. Well, it was. Uh... Mel Gibson was just one of the no-name grunts that uh, the Kintro killed, so that's how quick it was. Oh. Um. Let's see. Um. There's already a crossover last weekend that I never expected to see: Buffy versus the alien, the alien xenomorph. You said Buffy versus the alien xenomorph? Yeah. That actually could happen in comics. It already has happened last week. It was the free comic book. It really was? Oh, oh okay. It, because it was Dark Horse. Yeah. I, it was, they, they love crossovers. Yeah, well... One of the subplots of dealing with alien bugs and buffing, and then one of them got infected with some 
creature, like a face, like a, a face hugger on it. Then the alien popped down, Buffy threw it onto the sun. So, um, it's again, I, one of those setups that you have to ask: canon or fan, fan art, semi-canon. Well, usually the dark horse crossovers aren't in continuity. Well, I mean, real Until they decide fan. they are. Like, did someone actually get yeah. blessing to publish this? Yes. 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 It, it, Dark Horse actually published it. And Dark Horse has the comic rights to both franchises. And Whedon actually has the executive producer of the comics. I could see Whedon okaying this. Whedon wrote uh, for uh, he wrote on the fourth Alien movie, the Alien Resurrection. Well, most of his stuff kind of got. Screwed over. Yeah, well, uh, most everything in that movie got kind of screwed over. But he does have a connection to the franchise. It's just the worst part of the franchise. How about um, Jubilee meets Aquaman? There would be a a boring meeting. (laughs) Nothing would happen. They would would go to the mall. They would go hang out. Uh, not Vampire Jubilee, like, uh, 90s, uh, Yellow she Jacket. Mall, because that's what she did in the 90s. Yep. That's all she was good for. Well, Aquaman's rather cool nowadays. For a while, he was bad, though. I got an echo. Uh, Aquaman, uh, after, what was it, he, you know, had to saw off his hand and... Yeah. That's when it became gritty. Jubilee meets Archie. They could all hang out at in the, whatever um, the fifties equivalent of the mall is. In the uh, the X, the uh, Marvel versus DC uh, specials they had in the nineties, they hooked up Jubilee and Robin. They were in a they had a relationship thing. Sure, why not? Uh, Teen Titans meet Archie. <laughs> if it's the, uh, the Cartoon that, Network anime-inspired Teen Titans meets Archie, I think that's very plausible, and I can kind of get behind that. I think that seems like something that could happen. Meets Archie. What was that one? I think they did Teen Titans versus Archie. Meets Archie. Or whatever the, the, the little kid version of Titan. They think like Tiny Titans, I think it was called. Meets Little Archie or something. Archie okay. babies meets Titans babies meets Muppet babies. Yes, I think it actually exists. Um, Muppet babies meets the Predator. <laughs> That's gonna be a short comic or movie or yeah. Whatever. The Predator's gonna go down. Nanny's gonna come in and blow the uh, Predator to smithereens. All you're gonna see is a pair of uh, green striped socks being coated in. Alien blood. Wow. That's one of those things that really needs a gritty reboot, uh, apparently. The Muppet Radio. Yeah. Marvel versus Capcom versus SNK versus Namco versus Art System Works versus Archie. <laughs> it's really sad. The DC and Mortal Kombat try to cash in on that that fan love that everyone has for Marvel vs. Marvel vs. Capcom, but they made such a crappy game. Do you know why? Because you couldn't you kill anybody. You couldn't kill any of the DC. Yeah, characters. 
And the DC characters couldn't kill any of the Mortal Kombat characters. And that is why you play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it, it was just like, okay, so the Mortal Kombat characters can kill each other, but none of the DC characters can kill anybody, and you can't kill any of the DC characters, so why the fuck am I playing this game? Well, why, why are these stupid the If you did kill Superman, there'd just come back four of him. I want Superman to uh, rip off Batman's head. Or, or melt him down with his laser eyes. Why Why can't this happen? Remember those mystical forces I was talking about that turn out to be intellectual property rights? Yeah, that, that was exactly what it was. It was why uh, in a lot of video games, uh, when they first started putting actual cars in, because you remember for the longest time, you know, actual cars were never in racing games. Right. Uh, Especially like Burnout. Yeah, and then... You know, Gran Turismo never showed vehicle damage for the longest time because car companies didn't want you to see, oh, hey, here's a wrecked Ford. So, well, you you bring that up, like, you know, the, the way fighting game or, uh, you know, comic characters are protected in fighting games and, and real cars are uh, kind of protected in uh, from games where you crash a lot. No one has brought up Kingdom Hearts, but how the hell did Disney just like hand over their rights to all their characters for like the most? All right, okay. I have a secret theory for the reason Kingdom Hearts exists. I think it's all actually on Disney. I think after Spirits Within, Square took such a big hit that they needed a bailout, and Disney went, "Hey, you guys are good at making games. We've got characters. Make it." And that's when they got made. They took those characters and they put them through like the craziest, like the more games come out, the crazier JRPG stuff gets thrown around to the point where like, I don't even know what's going on now. Disney doesn't care because those games were selling and they were getting money. (laughs) It's the same reason they bought Marvel. They don't care as long as they're getting money. They give zero fucks. (laughs) As long as their characters, their core characters are still viable for a children audience and they're getting money. The Disney don't care. No. Yeah, kids aren't going to know about all the RPG stuff going on. <laughs> um, how about we do Bleach versus One Piece versus Naruto versus Archie? It will go on forever. forever. Why yeah, Archie's got that? all those beat anyway. <laughs> versus Inuyasha. Dear Lord. At least Inuyasha uh, ended. And Bleach <laughs> is ending. And uh, One Piece is going to go on for another ten years, or so they say. They said yeah, that ten years ago. One Piece is good, so that's okay. Uh, okay. Bleach is horrible. It should have ended like five Ble- years ago. Bleach is horrible. Uh, I will not dispute that. I was gonna say I, all of these are fighting animes. I'm I'm just not gonna say anything because you all know my position on that. Yeah. I don't know, there's, there's a distinct, and maybe it's just one of those, uh, you have your generation of fighting anime, and then past that, you, you just don't care anymore. But, uh, I do not hold nearly the love for, uh, Bleach, uh, One Piece, or Naruto that I do for, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Kenshin, and Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't like any of those as much as I like the, the others, the, the Toonami era shows. But One Piece is actually still a, a quality 
shonen action series. It, it, I, I it, it does. I believe story. that it does its genre really well, as opposed to Naruto, which is just well, Naruto and Bleach are just bad writing in addition to not using the tropes of a genre really well. I, I just I, I remember distinctly every point where I just stopped reading both of those franchises. I remember distinctly when I stopped watching Naruto and Bleach, and I also remember when I distinctly stopped watching One Piece. And that w- that point came way earlier than it did for Bleach or Naruto. I have more fun with it than when I uh, I have more fun with One Piece. I'm not a, a major fan. I have friends that will swear up and down about the show, but I do respect it for at least being entertaining and not mind grading like the other two. And also. I don't know, John. Did you you watch the new dub, right? I I watched both, but okay. You know, it was my problems with One Piece are less related to the horrible One Kids dub because it wasn't as if um, the One Kids. Uh, yeah, the the One Kids. The, the they four lost kids, three of them. <laughs> they may as well have. <laughs> um, by that, by that point, they had um, the four kids dub uh, than it did with just the fact that, that show did not grab me in any way. Like the, yeah, that's just, fine. That happens. You know, the, the, the whole the, the whole premise just does nothing for me. He's going to be King of the Pirates. Okay. I don't know. Again, like, I I did not get in on Dragon Ball Z when you guys did, so I would probably be like you know, have the same reaction to it that you guys do to, to One Piece just because I hadn't seen it. Because I didn't get in on the ground floor and that that made that that's a fair assessment because Dragon Ball Z is very is very much uh of its time and place. Yeah. Um and, and some shows are like that. You know, if if you weren't there when it happened, then you don't appreciate the cultural value of a show. Or if you don't come into it the right way. Yeah. But, uh, anything else? Um, okay, well, uh, what do you think crossovers do in ter- that make us enjoy them so much, or dread them so much, as the case may be? Let's see if we can get some meaning out of this entire topic. Let's go deep. Money. Um, cash money. Lots of cash motherfucking Well, money. I mean for the audience. <laughs> for the audience. Lots of cash money for the audience. Yeah. We always want to... And, and this just... I don't know. It goes on in any type of fiction. We always want to take characters from... Um, Universe A and put them against characters from Universe B. If there's any sort of similarity, and see how they stack up. So it's it's sort of a wish fulfillment uh, slash fan wank. That's not even how they stack up. Like especially when I was a kid, it just seemed like you know here were all of these shows I love. It seems like they should all be able to come together, but you know they don't. So you know when the rare cases they do. Like, Cartoon All Stars, or, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or you know something like that. It's an event, like it's something different. It's something that does not happen on a regular basis. How did we? How did it take us this long to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I was that, just thinking the same thing. That, that was, was the, the big, big granddaddy. Yeah, 
you had Disney and Warner Brothers colliding. You had Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the same fucking screen at the same fucking time. Again, it was one of those things, like, as a kid, this seems like it should be able to happen, but it never does. So. Well, I think it's because, as a kid, we experienced the real world happening where everything is together in the same place. So when we get these snippets watching shows or reading or whatever, and we just want to combine the thing that we see immediately after before it all together, because we're kind of experiencing everything that way, it just seems kind of a, a logical kid sense that it all happens to be taking place at the same place, same universe. Yeah, that that's a good uh, good way of summing it up. Um, I would say for, for other things, like musical crossovers, which we didn't really get into that, it kind of lets you see a range of, you know, what a performer can do. Um, well, yeah, because... Or- if you release an album under one band name, you know, there's a certain expectation that comes with it if you're well known. Um, but if you, you know, join up with a bunch of artists and make something different, then, you know, you can go from rock to country. Yeah. Doing a different thing. Um, and, and to a certain extent, like, there's been a couple of, um, albums that have come out. There was the, uh, soundtrack to I'm Not Here. Or I'm not there, and the uh, Chimes of Freedom album that um, I think like Amnesty International put out or something, where all these different artists came together and did uh, covers of Bob Dylan songs in their styles, which is to me really interesting, especially as someone who listens to Dylan for you know like because he was such a good lyricist. And it's also something that you can hand to someone else and say, okay, I understand that you you hate this music, but, you know, here's a different way to experience it. And and it's kind of the same thing with, like, the, uh, like, the punk covers that, you know, CDs that you've gotten. Yes. Which I always, always enjoy those because, uh, there's, there's nothing quite like listening to a death metal cover of Britney Spears. Exactly. It's kind of a different way to experience something. And I, I guess, in in a sense, all crossovers kind of have that. You get to see a different side of, of this property. A, a good crossover will make you interesting characters that you had no interest in previously. Yes. Uh, and and that's, that, that tends to be the hope of the other side of the crossover. Uh, it'll bring in the people familiar with one side that aren't aren't as familiar. So, uh, like people who go see Avengers now, they everybody knows Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, and Captain America from their movies. They may not be as familiar with the characters of Hawkeye or Black Widow or Shield as much. So they'll go look up those characters, hopefully in comic form. Um, the the most recent Marvel versus Capcom game was particularly good slash bad about that, because I remember looking at the character list when they announced uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and I'm like, I, I've not heard of any of these fucking characters. And included, they do have a lot of characters like that. And they yeah. included like uh, Nova, and Iron Fist, and uh, Rocket uh, Raccoon. I, yeah, Rocket Raccoon. And then immediately, you know, like a few months later, uh, Iron Fist and Nova are on the new Spider-Man cartoon, and I'm like, oh, hey, I know those characters. And supposedly, 
Rocket Raccoon's team is supposed to be one of the new Marvel movies. Yeah, the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. Uh, that, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy are very involved with the um, one of the the villain forces. I don't want to get into uh, spoiler territory for Avengers since some of you haven't yes. seen it. But yeah, it, it very does play up into some of the cosmic. Uh, out of Earth experience that the Avengers movie starts to build upon. Yes, I heard about that, and it's interesting to see him in theatrical form. Oh yeah, and I, I, I plenty of people after the the after when we walked out asked me who that was, but and they saw some of them saw me really geek out at the la, at that catcher at the 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 mid credit scene. Because a lot of people won't know who that character is. Just like at the end of Thor, when it showed the Cosmic Cube, hardly anyone knew what that was. But I was freaking out because I knew what that meant. So was I. So. And uh, for for those of you who didn't know, uh, in the comics, uh, Noah's real name is, is uh, Rick Ryder. So he's he's really Dick Ryder. Yes, uh, except not not in the, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that was mentioned. Uh, they replaced the actual person who is nope. Yeah, he's he is not Dick Ryder anymore. He is now currently uh, the generic Hispanic kid. I thought that was the new Spider-Man. Uh, in the comics, that's the the new Spider-Man is uh, African American and Hispanic uh, mix. But no, in the cartoon that's now airing on a uh, Disney XD, it has the Peter Parker Spider Man, and he has basically a, a Teen Titans slash Spider Man and his Amazing Friends team, and Nova is on it, but it's not the Caucasian Richard Ryder; it's some Hispanic kid named Sam. So it's kind of wish fulfillment, I think. Yeah, it's a. Hey, I, yeah, I've only I've only seen the first two episodes so far. I really wasn't sold on it. I thought it was uh, two kind of teen sitcomy trying to break the fourth wall all the time. Very felt very much like Zach, Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I can I can go with that. Yeah, except Stanley was the janitor. Yeah, that was that was that was a good touch. If if you want a good quality Marvel cartoon now, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Really good and surprisingly faithful to the comic. Too bad it's getting canceled. Is it really? Yep. Yeah. God damn, that Jeff, sucks. Jeff, um, Jeff Loeb's been um, asserting his control over them, supposedly. That's lame because it's their best cartoon. I haven't watched any of the second season yet, but the that, and, that may be why. The tie in to the movie, you'd think that they would keep it around, but apparently they're not. They're creating a new one. That makes uh, I would say that makes sense, but it's too late after the really the movie to make a new one now. That's like the Tron cartoon starting uh, whenever the hell it's going to start. It's way too late after Tron Legacy. Wait, there's a tr- yeah, there's a Tron cartoon. <laughs> oh my! See, I don't keep up with that kind of thing. You know, while while Madhouse was doing like uh, X Men and Wolverine and Iron Man animes, they should have done an Avenger one. True. Although uh, I would have, I would have loved to have seen the anime version of Captain America. But I love fucking <laughs> hate. So I hate Captain yeah. America. Cap would probably be like a Vichy 
I mean, in anime style, he'd be a beast. And they'd have this weird homoerotic thing with him and Iron Man. Instead of them hating their guts, each other's guts? Pretty much. Or a love-hate relationship. You would think think that with uh, Tony Stark being a wealthy industrialist, that uh, he and Captain America would get along wonderfully. Well, they typically do. It's really just the whole Civil War storyline that has everyone think it's Cap versus Iron Man and they don't like each other. Well, to be fair, they turned Iron Man into a straw man Republican, so... Yeah. Well, it, it's not completely out of character, but it would, they really laid it on way too thick for Civil War. Well, they generally did that with both sides, from what I hear. I would agree. Both sides were just played out way too strongly. Uh, given the previous characterizations, I don't see how that should have ever gotten as far as it did, but oh well. Oh well. It led to a really good scene in the uh, the then upcoming Thor comic book where Thor beats the shit out of Iron Man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to duck out, guys. I'll see you later. Okay, Chad. All right. All right. I think we're getting kind of close to the to the end here anyway. I've I've come up with about everything I can versus Archie. The chainsaw yeah. buffet versus Archie. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the, that's the what name this episode is. Says. Chainsaw Buffet meets Archie. Meets Archie or versus Archie? Because there is a difference. Uh, meets Archie, because that's that's what the Punisher comic was. was you, you don't think you could take Archie to fight? I see what it is. Yeah. Beat him. I I think I would rather try the diplomatic option first. They are civilians. <laughs> We can't be the superhero team that goes around uh, beating up, you know, non-supervillains. Beating up Archie. I'd probably be the, be the one running afoul of Archie anyway, because, you know, I'd be using swear words in his uh, 50s utopia. Uh, again, like, it is more progressive than you think, just not too progressive in certain ways. It only took them 60 years to get a gay guy. It's fine. Anyway, I, I think, yeah, I think we've, I think we've reached the end here. But, uh, wanna, wanna thank Patrick and Nico for joining us, guys. Thanks so much. No problem. Alright, and, uh, I, I guess we will just cross on over to next time. Uh, who do we want? Somebody play me off.